This episode of the Boonie Breakdown podcast may include discussions around topics such as sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, physical violence, and emotional abuse. I acknowledge that the content may be difficult in this episode, so I'm encouraging you to prepare for yourself, your safety, and well-being. If you need to check out this episode and join us next week, I encourage you to do so now. Hey guys, it's your girl Booney, and you're listening to episode 168 of the Booney Breakdown podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. All right, welcome to this week's episode. As you heard from our disclaimer, the topic in this week's episode can be a bit heavy um, and hard for some people to listen to, but it is such a needed and necessary conversation. And I'm so thankful that our guest, Amber Washington, uh, was so courageous and brave and agreed to come on to the podcast um, to talk about her life and what she what she went through and how she survived. Uh, she is a self-taught makeup artist and an advocate of self-love and encouragement. Uh, but in this episode, we she she sits down with me and she talks through how she was able to escape an abusive relationship. Um, so yes, we will be talking about domestic violence in this episode. And uh, again, Amber was so um, gracious and courageous in how openly she was willing to discuss um, what she experienced and how she is now that she's on the other side and she is a survivor. So please stick around for this important conversation. I also want to acknowledge right now, again, if this topic is triggering or traumatic for you, please do not feel like you need to listen to this episode. We can catch you next week. But I do hope that most of us will be able to sit through. Um, I even talk about my own struggle with this topic in the conversation with Amber. So I understand no need to apologize, but I do hope that if you're able to, you will stick around for the conversation. All right, let's hop into my pick of the week. So you guys know I love Eddie Murphy. Like he is like everything to me. One of the few people left in my 80s trilogy because MJ and Whitney are gone. Uh, So pick of the week this week is coming to America. Yes, the sequel. Um, I was just so shocked that people really had expectations that a movie was going to be the classic that we've had with us for 30 years now, right? Like that was not my expectation. I watched it, um, ready to hate it. And I will say I enjoyed it. I thought... There were parts that were laugh out loud funny uh, every time Wesley Snipes entered the room <laughs> made me crack up laughing. I think like the last 10 minutes of the movie was like pure joy. Um, no, it's not better than the first one. No, I didn't think it was going to be better than the first one. Is it a classic? No, but I thought it was a solid follow up for a movie that we've had for 30 years and that we love. So I enjoyed it. Again, I don't think it'll be one of those things where I'm like, oh, let me turn on coming to America. Um, but yeah, I don't, I think they did the, 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 the movie justice. I like the reverence that they gave to the first movie. Um, so yeah, overall, I thought it was solid. I don't have nothing bad, uh, really to say about the movie. So let me know. I haven't even talked about it, but I just really felt like I love Eddie fucking Murphy and, um, excuse me, 
Edward Regan Murphy. I love him. And I felt like this was totally deserving of a pick of the week highlight. (laughs) All right, we're going to hop into housekeeping now. So the feedback from episode 167, the quest for black liberation with Nika Namdi and Ray Baker, um, a totally sophisticated ratchet episode. I got so much good feedback on this. I was so nervous. I'm always nervous when I deviate really far away from the ratchet because I know that's what you guys love, right? <laughs> so whenever I go really serious or, you know, really responsible, I get afraid sometimes, but I always love that you guys are receptive of those episodes too. On Talk to Booney Tuesday on Instagram, um, I had kind of asked a few questions about, you know, one of them was, are you afraid to speak out um, on racism? And I didn't share all of the results, but a few of them were good. Um, a few people said some of the reasons that they're afraid to speak up is becoming a target, facing retaliation. Um, someone said that my brand would be can't canceled pushed back from other black people that I'm rocking the boat and making it uncomfortable for us all um one person did say not a motherfucking one I'm gonna speak out on racism every time I see it or feel it um and then I thought this was another interesting perspective someone said um the one reason why I don't speak out all the time is that I'll be expected to do it every time but if I don't I'm worried no one else will it's such an awful 20 catch 22 um so yes I'm glad that you guys really enjoyed if you have not uh listened to that episode I encourage you to go back and check it out episode 167 and it is dope also if you're not over in ratcheteer gang over on patreon you really should join us because you know what happened this week we got a group chat that's right if you are a patreon subscriber then we now have a group chat that we pop off we share memes we talk shit it's just fun um there also each week there will be a new thread about each episode and uh it was nice to hear the feedback again as well there um one person in patreon gang did say about the episode it was an awesome episode it made me feel like i was sitting back with my mom talking about how we need to keep the revolution going so we have a good time over there some fun things to come it just started this week but if you want to be a part of boonie's group chat Yes, you can chat directly with me via text message. Um, You have to join Patreon. You can head on over to patreon.com backslash the Boonie Breakdown and sign up for one of the tiers. And uh, we have a good time. All right. And if you just want to tell me how great I am, you can do that as well. I got a (laughs) another great review over on Apple Podcasts. So thank you for the five star review. This one said from No Cut Card 2. I like this show, five stars, and Boonie got a bubble back there. <laughs> See, the five-star reviews, you guys don't have to overthink them. It doesn't have to be a lot. I get ones like that all of the time, all right? <laughs> so if you want to do that, you listen on any Apple device, go ahead into the Apple Podcast app, hit those five stars, and leave us a five-star review. Also, be sure to follow us on all social media at The Boonie Breakdown on Instagram and Facebook, just at Boonie Breakdown on Twitter, all right? And when sharing this episode and putting it in your Insta stories or you're putting it on Twitter, be sure to tag us and also use the hashtag The Boonie Breakdown, the hashtag pod in, P-O-D-I-N. So that is it for me, guys. So let's get ready to break it down. Oh, 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 oh,
sorry guys it's your girl Booney. and uh this might be one of the most serious episodes um that i've ever done on this podcast but i am looking forward to this conversation and i would like to walk miss ambra to the podcast hey girl hey Booney. how you doing good how are you you know, living, staying black. That's <laughs> all you can do these days and stay COVID free. <laughs> and stay COVID free. Absolutely. I just, I really cannot believe that um, we're coming up on a year of this. A year. And I, and you know, what's funny is that I moved back to Maryland the week the world like shut down on COVID. So I've literally been in COVID the entire time in Maryland coming back home and not seeing a person, a friend, a fo- it's, nothing. <laughs> it's wild. Crazy. And here's the thing. You said that and I saw that on Instagram and yep. I was like, huh, that's a peculiar <laughs> time to decide to move back across the country. And it was such a good timing because it really went with my instincts. I had came home for Christmas and was like, yeah, I don't want to, I think I'm ready to come home after almost eight years. And lo and behold, 30 days later, world global <laughs> pandemic and and, so. it's, and it I can't believe one it was eight years because I was at the going yeah. away party <laughs> no you were does not put some things in perspective that was almost eight, yeah I, yeah I was I'm like, eight shit. Years, but like two months yeah yeah that was eight years ago yeah so I want to first say before we dive into this sure um I want to say thank you for Absolutely. you doing this conversation for being courageous and brave um, to share your story with others. And I am so thankful and glad that you are one of the women who was able to survive, leave, and now I hope you're thriving. Absolutely. It's been a journey, but uh, it, absolutely. I love being able to be at this point in my life, at this stage in the journey, um, a resource or at least a beacon of inspiration and hope for those who have experienced the same thing. On January 17th, you dropped a video on YouTube and I did not see anything. I got a call from my mom who follows you as well. And she's like, oh my God, have you watched this? Yeah. And and I'm like, no, I haven't. And I have spoken on this before. My mom um, was a survivor of domestic violence as well. Mm-hmm. And I have not experienced, uh, you know, any domestic violence in any relationships that I've been in. But right. domestic violence still triggers me from childhood. Yeah. And so I messaged you. I said, yes. um, I can't watch this. <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I was, I'm so proud of you for sharing your story. I am so happy you're you're survived and you're still here yeah what what made you want to finally come forward and share what had happened to you um so you know I pride myself on being a spiritual woman God-fearing woman and honestly my sleep was being interrupted um what I mean by that is I wasn't getting the recommended eight hours which I know you know parents or working individuals that could be a struggle in itself but it was, it was at a point where I was waking up every two hours for about two weeks in a row. So I'm dead dog tired. I'm trying to figure out what my dreams and trying to interpret what they meant and just kind of repetitively having the same type of visions in my, in my dreams. Um, and it wasn't a situation where it was like, I missed that ex-individual or I missed mm-hmm. that life, but more 
it is time. Yeah. You need to say something. More women are, more men and women are hurting. Um, children are being affected. And I felt, and this is like something that come from, you know, just growing up in the church and the influence of my mother on my, on me and my, my spiritual walk was God will interrupt your dreams to communicate with you. Ooh, yes. Yes. And um, as I was telling you before we got on today, I'm always with my children. I'm a single parent of two boys and they are, if, if it's not one is the other, I'm never alone, maybe in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> and it was this particular day where they were both gone at the same time. And it was just me and my dog and my camera. And I said, okay, God, you've created this window, a good chunk of time to gather my thoughts, to collect my, my words and just record. There's nothing scripted. It was just speak from your heart. If it makes sense and it's just not like jumbling of words, then release it. And that, and that's what happened that day. Yeah. I, I finally did watch the video. Um, yeah. I did it in part, two parts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, I was like, but I had to watch it. I was like, I can't not have you come on for this conversation <laughs> and not know fully your story, especially since you shared and you shared so much. Yeah. Um, and wow. I mean, that was, I just was like, wow, I'm, I'm so happy that you're here able to say those words um, and hopefully change someone else's life. Or and at so least I, encourage them, push yes. them to say like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. I, and I, I always, you know, it, the, the conversation around domestic violence sometimes lacks nuance, especially mm. for people who um, aren't aware of signs of that lead right. to domestic violence, who've right. never experienced it firsthand, secondhand, whatever. Oh. And I'm going to ask you this. Sure. Did, did you feel in hindsight that your abuser uh, started the abuse before the first time they hit you? Listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that was a part of my journey is to really start forgiving myself because God kept showing me over and over again. Within the first month of us dating, he slept with another woman. And in that time, mentally, uh, it was, he doesn't know how to love. I need to show him how to love. He's just self-sabotaging. I can show him what it's like to be in a healthy, thriving um, unconditional love relationship. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, in hindsight, now looking back at that, he told me he cheated on me in, as a form of grooming. If you really yep. look at it, it was an opportunity for him to see where my alliance was to be, to be quote unquote vulnerable. Um, he didn't have to tell me, but I'm telling you because it's all, it's all a tactic of manipulation. Oh. Um, especially when someone is myself, I, you know, just moved across the country. My children were eight and one and a half. I moved to Seattle, Washington by myself to start a new career. Didn't know anyone. So really trying to, you know, con cultivate these relationships and me being a lover of love, being a damn Libra, <laughs> got completely swept up um, and, and, and instantly said, well, let's move forward. Um, yeah. but, it, but looking back at it, the woman that I am today, I mean, come on, we already know, <laughs> like he wouldn't have made it in another 30 days. Yeah. So yeah. And absolutely. I think, I think listening to your video, the one thing I kept hearing you say, um, you know, tied back to conditioning, 
you saw mm-hmm. your parents growing up with this, you know, yes. in your mind, this cookie cutter, you know, mm-hmm. picture perfect relationship. And you're trying to find that yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I will say some of the things you just said for an abuser, you were like a prime candidate. You're mm-hmm. already far away from family, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Thousands yep. of miles away. Thousands of miles. Yeah. I mean, it was just, and that, like you said, it was the grooming. Oh, she stayed. I, I told her this and she stayed. Yeah. That was probably his game. All right, game one. Let's go. Absolutely. And it just um, evolved from there. Yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> do you think back, because you said on there, you met him online. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I don't want um because I thought my first thought you said yeah your friend set up your profile at any point did you feel like you felt some type of way about your friend like if she had not done this oh that is a good question booty um wow no I actually never put the blame on her and what's interesting enough is that she reached out to me maybe a couple of weeks ago like oh my god how you been like whether or not I know if she's seen the video or not, because we weren't, we were more associates um, to give it some weight to the relationship. But, you know, I never did because I always looked at it. It was still my choice. Gotcha. Um, Okay. And she was just, you know, being a girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) So no, you know, actually, no, I didn't. That's a good question though. Yeah. Cause when I was listening, I'm like, I just, that was my first thought. Like, you know, you, you take on your guilt because you know, you have your children and you felt like, how could I be doing this? But I'm just, I was just wondering at any point, did you think if she, why did she put me on there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, yeah. I'm not going to say the app. Cause I don't know if my attorney is going to get mad at me, Okay, but, fair, we, don't. <laughs> but y'all can go listen to the YouTube video. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I said it, I was like, I'm not a big deal. They'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> look, Crystal might yell at me. Oh, yeah. Don't look. Mm-mm. I've known Crystal since I was 14 years old. She don't play. She don't. <laughs> um, so it's so cliche because people are always like, you never know what people are going through. Absolutely. And you've you've built a pretty sizable following on yeah. Instagram and on YouTube, myself included. And yeah. I'm sitting here listening to the video like, oh, shit, I remember the trip to Australia. Oh, my God, I remember. Like, even when you said you moved, you know, I didn't know why you were moving, but I was just like, that's a peculiar time to decide (laughs) to move back home. Yeah. So I felt like, you know, and it's just me because who I am and I know I'm sensitive to domestic violence. I'm like, shit. Mm -hmm. You didn't see anything, Adrian. You didn't see anything. Listen, so, like, how did you, how did you deal with? Did you have to deal with that with people who are actually close to you who felt, you know, how could they have not known? Absolutely. Um, and you know what? This is going to be funny, but um, I knew that once I dropped this video, there were things that even my my son, who's about to be 17 years old, um, did not know. There's things that my parents did not know. There are things um, in my sphere of influence of people that did not know. My best friend did not know um, because she ended up watching the video and calling me bawling like, I am so sorry. And I'm like, I have to allow the people who love me and care about me go through the process. I've yeah. had two and a half years to cry, to therapize, to, <laughs> to go through the journey of really rebuilding who I am and identifying that woman and, and finding my voice again. Now I have to let those who love me process it because you're hearing it for the first time. I've been yeah. dealing with it for the past two and a half years. So yeah, I mean, 
you know, my children's father called me crying. Um, And that was really powerful. I mean, we've come a long way. (laughs) And, um, and I told him then I said, listen, we will always have love. We have two beautiful children together. And um, I understand that you will always have love for me because of that. And the relationship, I mean, was with him for 11 years. So, you know, him like, why do you tell me? Or, you know, him saying, I love you and babe. And he's like, this is all, you know, don't, it's not deep, but just like, I do have love for you. And I told him, you know, you even have to process this because your children was um, exposed in a sense. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of covering up, but uh, it was important for him to know that they were never affected. They were never touched. They were physically never harmed. Yeah. physically harmed. Um but you know, you living under the same roof, you're gonna feel energies, right? Yeah. So, and, I, and, yeah. and I was a child when my mom was in an abusive relationship, and I never once saw my mom physically abused. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hearing things when I'm asleep at night, yeah. the arguments, the you know, the ruckus. Yes. Um, I experienced other things that were abusive, but not her being physically abused. Correct. Um, And like you said, energy, children are smarter than what we give them credit for. Absolutely. And so I do remember, and I, you know, I had to talk this out in therapy myself as an adult, because I had some level of guilt because I was able to have an out at times. So I didn't like Mm. going home. I would say my grandparents, right? Like, I'm not going there. And so I carried this level of guilt because it's like, God, I left my mom and my little brother you know, there and I found my safety net. Right. And yeah, so yeah. It's just, it's such a complex issue that um, I feel like people can't really grasp because in your mind, you think, Oh, someone hits you or smacks you or whatever. I'm out of there. And it's not that simple. It's not that simple. And, and to even piggyback on what you said, that's what my oldest experienced. Um, mm-hmm. When we had a real open dialogue his first response to me was, I just thought it wasn't my business. Mm. Um, or he, I always permitted him to go to his friend's house and spend the night. Now, whether or not it was his escape and, oh my God, and then, you know, retrospect saying, oh, I left mom and my little brother home. Not a hundred percent. But I know that that was, that's a similarity that you guys share for sure. Yeah. That, that was the part that I had to unpack for me. Cause it was like I said, mm-hmm. I, I didn't see, the punches I saw the aftermath um, right so it was just like hmm, you know I, you can connect the dots to know absolutely absolutely you know, what's happening and I think sometimes the conversation around domestic violence can be ignorant because people don't have that knowledge mm-hmm. and the biggest way it comes out it's victim blaming yes why would you stay like <laughs> yeah yeah and I'm like just can you speak to that like um did you have friends or family members who told you like, you know, once you disclose to them, um, cause you sharing your video, um, and I want to get to that part later, but sure. you, you shared in your video, having to make those calls to people who had no idea what you were going through yeah. um, for six years. Yeah. Um, no one directly to me. If anything, I received a lot of comments under my video. Oh, they were disgusting. So- yeah, they were they were rough. I mean, if I were to like break it into percentages, 90% of it was beautiful. It was support. It was, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're still with us. And then it was the 10% that was like, she needs to go to jail. Her children need to be taken away from her. That's what she gets. They're both toxic. Um, 
So that's, and, 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 so, and that was like probably a little less than a thousand comments at this point on that video, been viewed over 60,000 times. And I thought, okay, I need to remove myself away from this because when you put yourself out on a public platform like that, you have to be ready for all spectrums of opinions. Um, so no one directly to me, but the things that people were saying, I said them to myself. So they were unaffected to me. Um, why did I stay? Why would I put my children in that position? Why wasn't I strong enough? Why did I feel crippled by making those decisions much sooner? Um, so no one directed me. Everyone that I called when I was in Australia, um, they manned up in a, in a lack of a better word. Like everyone just kind of like, <laughs> you know, tucked it, tucked it in for a minute to get me back to the States and get me back home and safe. Um, and then it was just all support. It was never blaming. It was anger that they had to, to go through and me watch them grow through it. So that was also painful to see, you know, especially yeah. my parents. Um, cause my dad was in, in Seattle with the boys and he had 17 hours, as you can imagine. Um, me being his little girl, I'm the youngest, and mm. him taking 17 hours to process <laughs> so that he didn't just blow his shit as soon as I got off the plane. Right? You know, I remember telling my mother, like, Mom, can you please tell Daddy, don't machine gun me with questions. Like, I just need my dad. Like, I just need him to be like a trunk <laughs> right now. Um, and, and he, he amazed me. He, he exceeded my expectations. My father stepped up in, in such a way. And we've never, um, I've never received that type of backlash from my loved ones and friends. Oh, I love to hear that. Yeah. I think what y- y- your, your leaving story. Um, yeah. Wow. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, could I have written a book or what? I mean, or a movie ending or what? It was I intense. Mean, truly. Because, you intense. know, so many times you hear the stories where people plot for months, years. Yeah, um, yeah. I think even on your video, I read a comment where someone commented, I'm still trying to find a safe way out. It broke mm-hmm. my heart. Oh. Um, and I'm just, it takes, because sometimes it's more danger in leaving. Yes, uh, yes. than it is in staying in your mind. Yes. So can, you know, you don't have to, I don't want you to have to relive everything, but okay. uh, just, just share a little bit. Cause I guess my question to you was, yeah. this just seems like an impromptu Absolutely. leaving, which <laughs> is was, rare. Yeah. I mean, that sometimes is rare for people in abusive situations. You're on vacation in Australia. Yeah. And you're making the run of your life on a 17 yeah. hour flight. Yes. Yes. So exactly what you said. It was very impromptu. I had no intentions of thinking that that trip would be the end of my marriage um, and that relationship. Um, I just knew that once it had crossed the line of, I mean, the assault was already happening, but then when, you know, when, when knives got involved and, and the shameless attack in front of because the engagement that we've always had has always been behind closed doors. It's yeah. never been in a public forum. It's never been in front of people. And this was um, so reason. Uh. Yeah. So this one, because he did it in front of his family, I mean, his immediate family, uh, it was the light bulb moment. And I said, well, wow, if he has no shame in front of people that you would typically hide things from, then it will never end. Mm-hmm. So, um, Believe it or not, his sister helped me in this process. Um, she helped me escape in a sense. Um, mm-hmm. She held his passport hostage. 
she asked me how much time I needed um, because I, I really feel, even though we don't have a relationship now, I really feel in her heart, she knew what he was capable of. Um, and she knew that I was at least a decent enough person that I deserved the five days to get away, um, to have a five day start rather on him. Yeah. Um, she helped me find the, ho- um, the hostel that I stayed at that evening. She helped me with the owners of that hostel get on that ferry back to that part of the country that I was staying. She gave me keys to her home so that I could stay there overnight before I got on my flight back to the States. Mm. Um, so I had no plan. <laughs> I had no, I mean, I had the financial means and I know that that could be um, a, a, a point of contention for some people to be able to like, I got to go, I don't have enough money to, you know, but if I didn't have the money, I would have tried to figure it out or I would have let more people in because that would have never changed once we got back to the States, that behavior. Yeah. Um, and in that evening, strangers helping me and having to call my family and wake them up 4 a.m. their time, <laughs> you know, because I'm so many, so many hours behind them. Um, and I knew in that moment that once I involved my family, They'll be, they'll be my accountability partners. They will be the ones to be like, I wish you would go back to him. <laughs> I, you know, because sometimes you, you don't, especially in, I don't want to generalize, but maybe in black households, like whatever happens in the house stays in the house. Yes. And that mentality has followed me, my, even the way I rear my children. And we've made those adjustments. But in that moment, my mother even said like, I should have never preached that to you because you would have been reached out to me. And then they go through their journey of guilt, you know? So it was very impromptu. It was now or never. And it allowed me to have space. It allowed me to have not only a 17 hour jump ahead of him, but also those four days, those four to five days to to get out the house, to pack my whole house and move with two kids. So. Yeah. You know, I kind of um, gave a little yes to the sister um, cause then my other thought then this is just me projecting and filling in that, like, cause I'm like, w- did she feel some level of guilt too? Because she knew he yes. had been abusive to others and this was her chance to make something right. I um, honestly believe that I really, really yeah. do because there was contention between them afterwards, um, about her helping me. Um, and they had a very estranged relationship. Um, I mean, in the six years, that we were together, that was the first time me meeting her. Mm. Um, and that was very telling because we had went on a walk and had conversations and she shared, she's like, Amber, I fly over Seattle every time to go to New York to visit family. How many times I could have stopped there, but I never did. So she had reasons why she didn't come and, and engage in that, in that relationship with her brother. And I, I do believe that that was a way of her saying like, even though I, you may never hear from me again, this is my contribution to you to you getting away from this situation. Yeah, because that was my that was totally my thought was like she must have you know I mean I think in your spirit you know the type of person your family are right you might not have witnessed it with your own eyes but you have some inklings right and I was like oh that was her her way of of making herself feel right I'm glad she helped. I'm glad. I mean, it took a lot because who knows if he was in some crazy state that, you know, you're leaving, he's enraged, right? He could have harmed others. But um, I I was just listening to this like, wow, uh, (laughs) an international impromptu. Listen, it was wild. It was wild. I just, I'm also, 
in in the six years you were with him, did you ever truly think he was going to change? Yeah, I would be remiss if I didn't say yes. Um, only because, I mean, to kind of bring back the conversation from earlier is that you know, I watched my mother be with my dad for 43 years and he was no saint. Mm-hmm. You know, the man that my father is now and who we love and know couldn't have been that same individual at 20 years old. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of put in your years <laughs> so that on the back end, you reap the reward was kind of how my mentality was. Um, you know, this was the first man that I've dated um, that had both parents in the household, you know, had similar upbringings. Like, you know, it's rare that parents are even still married and let alone be together for over 40 years. So yeah, I did. I thought he would change just over time. And then I had to put in the work to get, to get the, the forever that I desired. And it, it, it would, if Australia did not happen, I know <laughs> that, that, that was my next like thought. Yeah. That's a good question. If Australia had not happened and you had assistance and leaving, when do you think, I know it's hard to project that. I know. But do you I know. feel like you were getting in a space where you were getting the courage to leave? Because I want to get, I want to say you were, because even when you guys, I'll link the story in the show notes and you can go watch <laughs> the full story. Yeah. Um, but I I feel you were getting a little, a little courage yourself and pushing back, even in Australia where you were like, mm-hmm. Cause you, you know, people were there and you honestly did not expect him to act out in front of his family. Right. Um, but I felt like you took that moment, like, all right, I'm gonna have my moment here. <laughs> right? Word. And Word. So I feel like it, the, the, the snowball, the avalanche was building for you that, you know, you were getting to that point. Now, obviously you can't say in, yeah, in six months, I was going to walk out the mm-hmm, door. Mm-hmm. But when you look right before that trip in retrospect, do you feel like in your mind, you were still in the hopeful state that things were going to change? Or were you starting to be like, I have to figure a way out of this? It, I actually was trying to figure a way out of it. Um, I was already looking at apartments, excuse me, or even single family homes to rent. Um, I remember sitting in my son's bedroom one night while he was gone and talking to my sister, like, I, this isn't going to last. <laughs> like having those conversations, it really was just a matter of when, um, and believe it or not, and this is how God works just in mysterious ways. I had just closed on maybe three different brand deals mm-hmm. that really put me, um, that created a really good financial cushion right before we left to go to Australia. So, I mean, typically when you're moving, you're thinking first month, last month, and in Seattle, it's exorbitantly expensive. So you're looking at at least having 10 grand before you can even get in somewhere. Wow. And, and I was preparing for that. Um, but everything hit in my bank account right before I left. And I thought, wow, not only is God making a way for me to remove myself from this situation, um, also giving me the financial means at the same time. So. I was already leaning towards that. Okay, so how would this look? Would I leave when he's at work? Because um, I felt like if I tried to leave while he was there, he would antagonize the entire move. He would fight with the movers. He would be fussing with me about pots and pans on the way out. Or, you know, like I just knew it would be, he would need to go out of town. He would need to remove himself for X amount of 
hours for me to truly get away. And because the codependency was so tight, um, it really didn't allow for any space. Like there was constant control in that relationship. So I really don't know what could have, should have, if, if it didn't happen. But wow. I mean, like what a way, but I was just, curious like if it being your spirit it was you were building to that which I like I said I thought you were yeah um, yeah I remember like going on Zillow like okay this is a bit much <laughs> like, let me see. how can I do it? okay so how much do I need to save or you know what I mean because like, I was that, definitely... and, and you know we chuckled there but that is one of the arms of abuse um for <laughs> especially for intimate partner violence is that uh financial abuse right you, yeah they cut off all of these tenants and ways for you to escape you don't have relationships with friends and family because they isolate you okay well now I need you to completely depend on me so some people you know the abuse is financial you don't have your bank accounts you don't have credit cards you don't have access to these things and so um you might you might share one car because you can't have your own car because you can't leave Um, right right and so it's like the difficulty in planning and an escape plan sometimes is insurmountable um i think listening to your video the two points that i got enraged okay (laughs) when you were fucking locked up oh i know babe i know that's the the laws around that was that was rough (laughs) that was really rough i mean that was hard right i mean growing up in baltimore we always kind of I mean, at least I do. I joke with my friends. Either you can go left or you can go right. (laughs) There's no, like, there's no in between. And fortunately, I went right. I went the way that was, I guess, quote unquote, ideal. Go to college, get a job, build a career, you build a family. Like, I went that way. I didn't go the other way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to be 35 years old and put in that position, that is the shame. That's the shame that I carried even more heavily and I, I don't want you to carry that shame because yeah. I feel like that is where the laws really fail you know domestic violence victims right the police come out you two yeah. both walk out you're you said you have black eyes he has one yeah. scratch from defense uh, yeah and you go to jail yeah so in the state of Washington visible um Visible harm is what would get you locked up. So he had a scratch under his right eye um, versus I had a, my eye was closed shut. But being a dark skinned woman, it doesn't happen immediately, right? Like I'm not going to be black and blue until the next business day. (laughs) And um, unfortunately, when I went in and I'm getting the mug shot done, I look like a distressed woman, my weave everywhere, my face looking crazy. But when I woke up the next morning is when the guard was like, what the hell? You know, she just was like, you didn't look like that last night. And when I went before the judge, the judge told me you don't belong here. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with just, I mean, this is her livelihood. She's been around women who have been in trouble spaces and that's just the life they live Um, versus my ignorance, naive, never had a (laughs) bit of trouble in my life. Probably looked Mm -hmm. innocent in the face, baby face crying she immediately let me go but it was the police officers truly just doing their jobs and what really sucked was because I lived in a small town Reese was best friends with the chief of police son and he's the one who had to take me in so that was hard for him he cried I never revealed that but he cried 
there's nothing he could do. There's nothing he could do because visibly I did not have a, a scratch under my eye. So that was hard. And then, you know, lying to my kids about it, lying to my family about yeah, it, lying cool. to my job. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So yeah, that, that part, um, I'm like the odd fucking dacity. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But on the bright side, she drops everything, nothing on my permanent record. I've worked for fortune 500 companies after. So it really, it, it just took a hit to my ego. Maybe definitely. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. I'm raising brown boys in this age and I, that's the last, that's what I'm rearing them from. And then I get caught up in that madness. So yeah. that was tough. That was tough. Ugh. Okay. I want to talk about, I know we circle back because I forgot, I looked at my notes like, bitch, oh, no you that part. Um, but <laughs> I feel like we, we, when we have these conversations, it's a lot about what happened, the, the abuse that, you know, the person endured, mm-hmm. what led up to it. And then it's like, yay, you survived, you left, we love you. Yeah. We don't really talk about the after, the healing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just want to say like, you you did you had five days to plot your escape. Yes. How did you feel when you left? Was it relief? Did you go back? Um, because oh, yeah, I, I know like <laughs> we we've seen this play out where you know my girl Rihanna was sitting courtside with Chris Brown after that yep. transpired. Yeah. Um, we we know people personally. We helped them leave, and then two weeks later. They're back at home and you're like, girl, yeah. I helped you. What, what, what's going on? Totally. Totally. Um, unfortunately, I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> so leaving felt like death. It felt like uh, the same way I feel when a loved one passes away um, that I'm extremely close to. It felt empty. Um, it felt extremely overwhelming. My levels of anxiety, I lost 55 pounds in that process. 55 mm-hmm. pounds. I'm five foot nine. I had no business being 150 pounds. I was not America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I had no business being that small. And um, and it showed on my face. It showed in, in, in every walk of life. I mean, to a point where my child begged me to eat. So wow. it really... Um, was a mind fuck too, in the sense of why am I mourning this man who hurt me? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Why do I, why am I crying and being devastated when he hurt me? Why do I still love him when he hurt me? Cause you're, you're immediately looking for an off switch. Same way you walk in a room, you're trying to switch off the lights off and it just didn't happen like that. Um, I immediately went to therapy. I remember calling her from Australia <laughs> and you know her trying to help me process that through customs right because I was like, sitting there for hours and she uh she she helped in a sense but also was a very it was very much a revelation for me that she wasn't the best suited for this gotcha. um what else I mean I had books you know why this breakup was the best Um, decision of your life and what you know those type of things and I remember reading them every night a chapter every night to kind of ease um the angst and the depression I also read a lot up on narcissism and sociopath behavior and that divorce and what that looked like Um, I really tried to empower myself with as much information for those phone calls because he still called I didn't block him right away Mm. 
for those moments of intimacy, because that didn't stop right away. I'm going to be honest. Um, I was very much committed to the notion of let's just take this time. Let's get the help that we need. Let's see if we can rebuild our relationship. I'm not going to lie to you guys. And it wasn't until I walked in on him fucking someone (laughs) that he would remain the same person for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. Um, And that's when I filed. I filed the very next day for divorce. So even though you go through, this man hurt me, this man humiliated me, this man put me through so much, I've lost so much. Um, I still was fighting for my forever and what I thought that would look like. And in the beginning, it is not as simple as turning off a light switch. So it definitely took what I tell my girlfriends now. um, It's an addiction. It's, It's no different than um, being addicted to a drug or alcohol in the sense of, so the only one comes for me, in the sense (laughs) of it takes a day at a time. I remember having a calendar and really like day one. It's been three days since I felt it. Four days, I'm four days removed. I'm I'm seven days. And there's times that I would backslide. And when when I say backslide would, I would look at his Instagram. I would start my clock over because the notion of being clean of him is being completely clean of him. Um, even though we never engaged in conversation after I filed for divorce, he tried multiple ways to get in touch with me, creating Instagram accounts and then emailing me. And then, I mean, it was just nonstop. He was like making it terrible, but I knew that every day that I did not communicate and I would remove myself away from it, I would get healthier. Um, yeah. And I probably got to like day 299 before I felt good. Wow. Yeah. I remember it being like almost 300 days before I was like, I can sleep. I don't eat wheat. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I've never heard someone say that, that one day at a time, but, yeah. and I think to clarify, like, were you saying you're addicted to him? You were addicted mm-hmm. to the relationship or like, what did I you think, think I was, was the hold? I, yeah, I think the hold was him. Okay. I mean, as I mentioned, being a spiritual woman, I think there was a strong soul tie. I think there was a heavy uh, codependency amongst the both of us. Mm-hmm. I was his everything. He wasn't the one that had all the friends and he wasn't the one that is accustomed to traveling all over the world like I was, you know, that the girl I used to be in that sense. Um, so when, So when all of that kind of, relieved itself from okay I don't have to call this person during lunch at this particular time or call before I leave work in the car on the way home like you have your routine with your people um you don't have the good morning (laughs) you don't have the good afternoon you don't have the good evening conversation so that was the the stronghold of just that that what I would consider normal in my life okay um that's what I was holding on to and when I ended things and I you know I filed for divorce I personally took uh, a self-care trip by myself. And that was super important because of the level of codependency. I needed to enjoy me. I needed to fall in love with me. I needed to like me again. Um, And I took my first solo trip. And then from that moment, I started traveling heavily after that. Mm -hmm. And it really was to put myself in a position to enjoy the life that God gave me in this second opportunity to live fully. So... Yeah, um, I, I I really like that because like I said, I hadn't heard anybody explain it that way. And I appreciate your honesty in saying, look, I, I slipped up. I got caught yeah. yeah, and was curious of what's going on over there. Yeah. Um, and 
again, after all of that, inst- and you said you you caught him in bed with someone yeah. else. Yeah. Like, it's like, Jesus. Yeah. When will it end? Right? Like, like, I mean, he truly was who he was. He was a narcissist. Grade A. FDA approved. Yeah. 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 And in that moment, I realized I obviously loved him more than he loved me what I thought love was right mm-hmm. and that I'm fighting for something that if both people aren't fighting for then it's not worth fighting any longer um and that was my white flag you know p- kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier about negative or victim blaming his mother did that to me mm-hmm. his mother victim blamed me um she knew her son was abusive she admitted it to me the first time that I ran away for a week. And instead of her holding her Caribbean son accountable, <laughs> and that's important to say, um, she told me that my marriage was poisoned from the beginning. Oh. And I said, no, your son is poisoned. <laughs> and the reflection of her rearing is why she did that. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be the only person. Yeah. But I'm not shocked that it was someone on yeah. his side, you know. I'm going to um, ask of you. Yes. If there's someone listening, before we wrap up, there's someone okay. listening to this who is currently in an abusive relationship, situationship, whatever. Mm-hmm. Verbal, physical, emotional, whatever. Yes. What would you say to them? Mm. I would tell them to value their self-worth, to believe that they have and they deserve to be loved the way that they deserve to be loved. Mm -hmm. I would tell them that financial strongholds or embarrassment or shame they do not lay live in that space with you Mm. Um, and that it's only temporary for a long-term investment of a healthy thriving life it does not last forever you can get out of it even when you think you can't And the biggest thing walking away is if you want to break the cycle, and in my experience, a hetero relationship, your children experiencing that value their life more than yours and make a decision, a conscious decision to remove yourself and them. If you know you don't want to see another person's child go through this by the hands of your child, make a decision that's best best for that to not happen. There are several programs. Um, there are several resources. I've helped women <laughs> escape from California to Arizona. I have helped build GoFundMes and kept it very um, minimal with details, but people have supported this woman and her infant. Um, I mean, we've seen on the news time and time again men or women because it can go both ways i never yep. want to discount a man in, a, in an abusive relationship for but, sure for sure because it happens and they feel their hand i mean it happens a lot in the military too um 
you know, there, there are means, there are means and there are ways. And if you can, if you can, for one moment, see past yourself for the, for the greater of the situation, know that there is someone equally created to love you the way that you deserve to be loved. And this ain't it. So love should not hurt in this way. This is not it. I will definitely be linking to resources, the domestic yes. violence hotline. They, yes. they have a website that will help you create a personalized safety plan. You can call yes. them 24 seven if you need it. Um, as, yes, it's anonymous. And as I said, I know leaving sometimes is the hardest and most dangerous part, but sis brother living is so yes living is so much more worth it yeah you gotta take the chance you gotta take the chance so look i normally do the breakdown i'm not gonna do it today (laughs) okay no unless you want to unless you want to but um yeah i feel like that was the perfect note to end on so um amber if you could yeah. yeah if you could tell everyone where they could follow you on social media. Yeah. Again, I will link uh, to the YouTube video. You can watch her whole story um, because we chopped it up a bit, but you can go watch it in her words and I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on all social media platforms, whether it be YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at The Amber Life. And that's A-M-B-R-A. So at The Amber Life. Um, I am a beauty and lifestyle influencer, uh, native of Baltimore, Maryland, and I enjoy encouraging women to embrace their unique beauty. So I call my audience gems for that very reason. We are all cut, colored, (laughs) and shine in different ways, but it's always about shining bright. Oh, perfect. So I will link those in the show notes again, Amber. Thank you so much You're for so being welcome, yes, courageous and brave and hey. sharing your story. <laughs> I truly appreciate it, and I'm glad I finally watched uh, your story in full on YouTube myself. Absolutely, absolutely. I know you guys love and care for me. You're probably like, "Oh my Jesus!" Oh. So uh, <laughs> I just appreciate the support. All right, thank you. All right, guys, that is it for this week's episode. I want to thank our guest, Amber Washington, again, for being brave and courageous in sharing her story. And I hope that if you're listening to this and you're in a situation that Amber escaped, that you two find the courage and strength to leave. Intimate partner violence can take a number of forms, including physical, verbal, emotional, economic, and sexual abuse. We can all do our part by learning more about intimate partner violence and domestic violence and the warning signs through great organizations like the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which I have linked in the show notes. 45% of black women have experienced intimate partner violence and intimate partner sexual violence and stalking within their lifetimes. You do have options. If you are in need of help, are in crisis, please call the 24-hour National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That is 1-800-799-SAFE. And as I shared in this episode, I grew up in a household where domestic violence was prevalent. And I thank God every day that my mom was able to leave her abuser. So again, if you're listening to these words, you have options and there are ways for you to seek help and make a safe exit plan if possible. Again, thank you to our guest, Amber Washington, for sharing her story. 
And if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to listen and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or any other podcast apps that you listen to. Don't forget to leave those reviews too. You might hear your review on the next episode. Follow us on all social media. Share the episode with those you love, those you don't love, those you fucking hate. I don't make these pretty images for nothing, okay? Have a dope-ass week. Stay healthy, safe, and sane. Thank you for listening. And remember, the ratchet in me always honors the ratchet in you. Until next time.